Hello and welcome to The Schism. The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Schism. The Schism. The Schism. Today we're going to be talking about psychedelics and we delving into their effect on consciousness and how they alter perceptions on the world we live in and the nature of reality itself. Indeed. Joining me today is my co-host Adam and Defan. Back in the building. He is. Conspira D. Thanks for having me back, guys. D Bunker. The decoder. Yeah. I, th- I think I prefer decoder to decoder. Conspir- yeah, I think we thought decoder was good better than conspiracy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bit lazy. Yeah, that's isn't it? cheap. Which is very well like me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that suits you the most, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conspiracy is just too cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not edgy enough. You're not there that. yet. Yeah. Anyway, right. But you passed. You passed the trial. Awesome. You made it through the weed episode. Can you make it through the psychedelic episode? Ooh, it'll require another stellar effort from him, that's for sure. When did we first try psychedelics? What age? Oh, man. Uh, probably when uh, it would have been def- oh actually it would Amsterdam. have been with Amsterdam yeah our first I was waiting for it to come school. to you yeah yeah at the Bulldog Cafe because we were staying at the Bulldog Hostel Ooh, yeah tipped a bulldog up in there and yeah. I'd say we were about 18 yeah I, I, I'd agree with that and that was boy that was funny yeah we had no idea what we were in for <laughs> the guy behind the counter did though <laughs> Yeah, they do give you laughing the whole time. (laughs) They do give you a bit of a warning, but you kind of just think, how you know, how crazy can it really be? But I remember we were going up and down the floors of the escalator in the building and just going to all these like kind of disused floors, and we were like being renovated. Being renovated. renovated. Yeah. Yeah. So there was lots of like. Pretty ordinary things, you know, ladders, scaffolding, whatever else. But in our shroom stay, and all the lights were off, we were like, oh my God, this is like a hidden floor. A virtual world. What, what even is all this stuff? Like, for us, it was like this magic. Yeah. Like, we kept going to different floors that had nothing on them. We're like, it's a ghost floor, you know? Yeah. Like, wow. I, I remember one cool thing was that we all went back to our, our room and we shared like a, like a, I don't know, like a, se- a seven or eight bed hostel room. But we, Bunk we, beds. Yeah, we had the whole room. Yeah, we had the whole room because there were so many of us. Yeah, but it's like in the toilet, room. there was black and white check tiles so it was like every other tile was black or white so yeah, like Alice in Wonderland and, and like a chessboard but on the floor and on the ceiling and I remember on the walls it was like a cube walls, it was everywhere and, then, and I remember that the minimum light that would come in from under the door with the lights off in that toilet it just made the black look like they were voids and then there was just these floating white tiles everywhere <laughs> it was uh and we were taking it in turns to go into the bathroom basically like you've got to experience this you've got to go in <laughs> turn the light off whatever like we were finding the most bearing in mind we were in amsterdam and we could have been running wild in the streets going to strip shows doing all this crazy stuff being in a bar club this that and the other which isn't really what they're about. we were choosing to spend hours and hours on end 
because we plan to do all that. Yeah, we yeah. do them, and then we go out Back and we do this. Museum, well, we couldn't, yeah. we couldn't leave the hotel. We couldn't leave the hotel. We were just Hostel. like, <laughs> you were like, <laughs> yeah. you were like Pat Sharp's Funhouse, weren't you? For yeah, like, sorry, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, we were kind of like too afraid. At least when it first kicked in to like leave the hotel, or like eventually we kind of went to the adjoining weed cafe. Like there's like you know it's a classy place, and there's like. <laughs> the same owned weed cafe literally next door and, and we kind of got to a point where we went there and stuff and I think like maybe later on we ventured out or to other ones but we felt like uh, the one that was closest to the hostel yeah, was the you didn't want to go too far yeah, yeah. far home yeah it seems crazy now because like you know if I went back there now at this age we'd, we'd be going here there and everywhere yeah. and, and you just wouldn't feel like that but at that age and doing shrooms and then feeling that sort of vulnerability and like oh my god I'm tripping I'm kind of comfortable here with my mates and the rest of it but going out there onto the streets of Amsterdam I'm like I don't think I can do in this state and I remember like me and uh, Gareth Trice like we like sat in the reception watching a fish tank for yeah. hours well, yeah, no, for the hours fish, the, fish tank. the person at reception went don't you want to go out? See the sights. <laughs> they weren't northern. I don't know why I'm doing that accent. <laughs> they were like, do you, you know, do you want to see Amsterdam? And we were like, no, 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 we're quite fine here. Like, <laughs> but the other fish tank, it was like a, a fish tank in the wall and you could see through into the cafe. Oh. The cafe was the other side of the fish tank. Oh, wow. It was like a window. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would have a sure effect. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> There was one point I remember where someone decided, oh, I want to play, like they have ball games there and they were like, I want to play a game of chess. And <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> you be the pawn, I'll be the queen. Yeah. <laughs> Intergalactic chess, why didn't you ask? I'll take you up to the floor. <laughs> we've, we've, there's a queue of us waiting to get in to do the same game. <laughs> yeah, the VIP list for the bathroom. No, I was quite happy to sit by whilst I think Clive, such a Clive move, like, I want to play a game of chess, <laughs> does shrooms, he thinks, like, wants to become, like, all He's intellectual. Taking, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be the next chess champion. Get the board. <laughs> I know the meaning of the moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I can see the moves. <laughs> it's all so clear in my mind. <laughs> but, yeah, I was quite happy to be, like, a bystander watching the game and then I remember my attention was just diverted I was just I had like a, a fizzy drink next to me it was like whiskey and coke or something and I was just like zoomed into the bubbles and I was like oh my god like you know when you first pour out a bottle of coke into a glass tiny you know thousands of tiny little bubbles rise to the surface and stuff in my shroom state I was zooming in and I could see every single one of these thousands of bubbles in crystal clear quality. Like I was looking through a magnifying glass, but even more so, like I was in there, I was in the fucking glass with them. The fizz, even though there was like the sound of like the busy Amsterdam bar and everything else, everything else just went dim and I could just hear like, like the fizz of the, of the Coke. And that was my whole world. And I remember I was there for like a good fucking while until like someone said, hey, Reese, I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just crazy. Like you could be looking at a leaf 
on shrooms or you could be i don't know like uh, stroking a, a cat or something you'd be there for hours you know completely enthralled with just the tiniest little little act yeah but, like i remember the first the first time i ever realized that i was like actually on them at that at that first you know in the bulldog cafe um was i was looking at the items on the table and then just sort of inspecting the distance between each object on the table and thinking that thinking he's rain man yeah well no just every every item on that table had its own place and it was specifically that sort of distance away from each other like and they're meant to be like like that and there was like a a beauty in the randomness sort of thing and then as you, as you said, you snap out of it and realise what the hell am I doing? And then then I realised, oh, I'm obviously on something, and that's when I sort of that was my first sort of noticeable, you know, uh, light bulb moment of when I realised, oh gosh, like things have changed. Things have changed. My perception yeah. of items and the my surroundings are changing. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It's not like a cartoon or something would have you believe like suddenly you start seeing little leprechauns or something it's not it's like quite subtle when it first comes yeah, it's, on. Not, it's not like someone's just like oh my god there's dragons like you know it's not anything like that so really. check one two it's not yeah. doesn't have that effect you know it's the weirdest thing because you guys did yours in amsterdam it's my first time it was in the uk with the uk mushrooms oh, with yeah. liberty caps and you you were the pleasant nature of doing it together for your first time whereas I have just tried to go uh, boldly where no man's gone before oh, no on man. his own <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had some liberty caps uh, which you get from? college remarkably when I was up in college at Cambridge and uh, liberty caps there's obviously a couple UK ones it is the caps and is it the fly oh it's called the fly something Aratrea or something but there's, there's two there's two don't quote me on that last bit I don't know any poisonous mushrooms but there's two there's two and I uh, had the experience of taking them back only a few was pre-warned that I was going to change but not enough to you know send me off for hours and I remember that first time when not realising I thought that they hadn't kicked in but eating them parents were away for a weekend I was like these things aren't really eating it was a Friday and I was like these things aren't really kicked in now for like half hour or something that's the time to do it yeah yeah, yeah parents are away for the oh, weekend yeah, yeah. it's the start of every good like teen movie yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. especially for personal self discovery absolutely core to the story so I didn't even think these things weren't taking effect so I went to the garden I smoked a joint I just remember all of a sudden I just it was like within closing my eyes in one moment and all of a sudden, the next time I opened them, I was like, oh, okay. There was like, all I could describe it, and I still describe it now, as the first experience is everything was being. Being what? Being itself. Being itself oh, and its own... It's got its own life. But its own life, its yeah. own energy around it. The I trees know, looked long, the leaves looked triangular. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, God. And I remember when I thought I'd better get up and get indoors. So I thought things are changing. And as I went down the garden, I noticed the legs had gone to jelly. And I was like, oh, here we go. Like this is yeah. this is coming in. And that's by the time I got indoors, the walls, yeah, wallpaper looked different. The first time you peel back that different look of things, you know, of like, oh, wow, this is it. This is actually yeah, what they you, say. Because you see, like I say, I've never really had straight up 
what I would call hallucinations, but I've seen things like people leaving energy trails when they're moving. I've, yeah. I've seen that before. And then they stay in the air afterwards and then slowly sort of disintegrate. Yeah, like an afterglow or something. Yeah, a bit like, say, Donnie Darko. Like when, an when echo they, or something. When they have the things like sort of like energy trails that people are either leaving behind or yeah. following. And and when people are moving and stuff, you're seeing that movement and they sort of stay in the air. And it and it's really crazy because it's... It, it really, it feels like less like hallucinations and more like you're seeing stuff that is there, you just don't normally have access to it. There might be energy trails yeah. from, from movement. Yeah. Why wouldn't there be? Or you might see, like you might be hearing music or something and you're like seeing sort of colour at the same time. Well, people, you know, some people hear music in colours and things like that so maybe you're just your sense your senses are heightened to a point where you're actually experiencing you're you're accessing new parts of your consciousness and you're seeing stuff that always is there but now it's just being interpreted with the with the other data yeah different pair of goggles on yeah mm. i've like been tripping on a train before not advisable I was gonna <laughs> that was misjudged <laughs> like I thought I was the trims were going to kick in when I got to the location and they kicked in on the train there but I was looking out the window and I was seeing like energy pulses kind of look like the Joy Division Unknown Pleasures cover <laughs> and these spikes these kind of like like a moving graph you know these spikes come and the train was kind of producing these patterns as it was going so fast and it was kind of cutting through through the air kind of thing. And I remember looking out the window thinking like, I really think that what I'm seeing is like wave field information, like wave field energy and sound frequencies. They're always there, but I just can't usually see them. It was only sort of like an echo of them sometimes, but sometimes they were crystal clear. And I just don't think for one second that my brain was generating it. Like I've got the imagination to. Yeah, it's kind of weird because like so a lot of people or, or some people do visually see or they, they have a joint vision, not necessarily, or they can sense stuff together. So we've had that before. Yeah. Like like one of us have gone, oh my God, look at the curtain. Like, yeah. Can you see that? And then suddenly the other one's got, oh my God, yeah. Like, yeah. It's kind of like this like your sort of willing reality to shift and twist in a certain way, but then you can also kind of will someone else's reality to do the yeah. same thing. And then you're both having like... Like a sink. Yeah. There was another point where, when we were at Norwich, where we were looking at the moon. Do you remember? And we were like, oh my God, the moon's getting closer and stuff like that. And then like everyone else yeah, like, by the lake. getting closer. Yeah, the by the lake. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I have this kind of placebo effect or like, you know, if you were looking at clouds, like sober, some people might do it. Yeah. <laughs> and like making stuff, oh, that one looks like a dog or that one looks like a rocket ship or whatever. Someone else might go, oh yeah, okay. And then they can see it. But this is more than that. When yeah. you're tripping, you really feel connected. Mm. Like connection is the key. Like you feel connected to consciousness. You feel connected to your friends that you're doing it with people in general the earth nature you you get this overwhelming sense that like you're part of something bigger and we're all one and 
these are themes that crop up again and again and again like in my own experiences and everything else that I've watched about well, psychedelics. Well, they've been using culture for years. We're not the first people on this planet to be using sort of psychedelics of that nature. You know? No, that's the thing. It's like, like, like we were saying about weed, it's something that's been going for thousands and thousands, well, possibly like eons, you know, pe- since hum- humans were around, we've been interacting with these plants. They grow wildly, naturally. So... Yeah. You know, they've only been illegal for a very short amount of time. Well, in the UK and anyway. You know. This is what this is what is kind of crazy. Like when when we're at uni, they were legal. Yeah. So you well, could so you could buy the them. Any bongos. <laughs> well you could get them. Or head in the clouds a shop. Oh <laughs> wow, head in the clouds. Camden Market number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think we market. even got them in Camden Market as well. Camden Market yeah. you could roll up and you could get them in quite yeah, a few shops. Like, but they were really um pun out of Hawaiian, please. Exactly, yeah. 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 They a bag of Mexicans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they had like the philosopher's stones that were like yeah. the truffles that were like Mate, the strongest oh, ones. Yeah, I remember. And they those. sort of told you, like, right, these ones are for beginners, these ones are you know, like for people that want to go a little further. Stone, the, the advanced yeah. tripper. You're like, what's the Philosopher's Stone? They're like, fool. Yeah, Have you seen Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they tasted really minging as well, the truffles. The Philosopher's yeah, Stones were horrible. They were really sour. Yeah, bitter. Yeah, like, yeah, like, bitter. yeah bitter, sour, just yeah, nasty mushrooms just things. tasted like mushrooms. No, yeah. they did. They were soy, very soily, but obviously they are mushrooms. Like, uh, <laughs> they definitely didn't taste great, and I'm sure people can like make them up again, like we were talking about last time. Like I'm sure, I'm sure people can make great things with them, but we always just ate them raw, or dried, or whatever. The, the legal like, status is definitely to be questioned because I don't, I don't understand how, like you said, it, they were legal right up to 2005. Yeah, well, wasn't it something stupid? Like I remember, so. Back when we were at Norwich, yeah, we could buy them from Head in the Clouds, which was one shop that was oh, run yeah. run by like an old couple, oh, wasn't yeah, it? Like an elderly, grey-haired yeah. couple that were like yeah. tripping from the 60s or something. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, I'm like really going yeah. into the details yeah. with you. And like, they were like, oh, have this, this bar of dark chocolate. It goes really well with it. We'll yeah. Throw that in with it. Cool. Yeah. And then when you'd go back there the second time, they're like, how did you get on with the Mexicans? You know, were they <laughs> like, did they? Yeah. Okay. How was the bar of chocolate after? Yeah. 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 Quite. And they described the trips in great detail. And if you come back, like, I think I'm ready for the Philosopher's Stones. They go, like, I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> You've been coming here a year. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to grab them. They're like a psychedelic guide. <laughs> yeah. And then the guys in the market were like, not quite as helpful, but, you know, no. still supplying a service. <laughs> the guys in Camden were just like, because it's London, they're just like, careful. You want, your you want the mushroom or no? Like, it's just, you know, like, this is rude as fuck. Yeah, it, it was no customer service. <laughs> when you it, go Camden, it was it was pretty crazy. The fact that they would sit around for long, because bear in mind, it's not only were they legal, but they still do grow out in the UK. So it's no questionable that they had to move the, the status. But weird that they still grow naturally. Yeah, like yeah. like like you said before, like Liberty Cabs grow in the UK. You can literally yeah, yeah. go to a, pit, a field and pick these things. We knew yeah, people in knowledge foraging um, that did them. Um, yeah, but yeah, I've not, I've not attempted it. No, me neither. We did have a friend at uni, Big Paul. Oh, Big Paul. Big yeah. Paul. Oh, yeah. Big Paul. 
Um, as he was affectionately known, I'm sure he hates it and no one calls him that anymore, but we did. And um, yeah, I remember a party, he was like, oh yeah, these are, you know, some shrooms I've got, my, my friend picked or whatever. Like, you know, you were able to, to go and do that. And obviously you've got to be careful. You don't pick some like poisonous ones or whatever, but it does seem pretty crazy that something that just grows naturally, like it's just a mushroom mm. and you're... And you're making it illegal. It's, it's, it's so, so weird how they get they get, they can enforce that, well, especially when, when it could, it could literally be grown in your own garden, and they're like, "That's illegal." Yeah, and, mm. and the reclassification so. makes no sense as well. Cannabis was like CB, BC, CB. What happened yeah. to mushrooms? Right. Were made so illegal? this is from the yeah. Guardian in two two thousand and five, which would have been kind roughly of about that time. Yeah, 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 you yeah, yeah like about uni, roughly yeah. towards us leaving uni and yeah going out into the big wide world. Bad news for psychedelic fungi fans. Fungi? Fungi. Fans. Fungi. There are just 24 more shopping days before magic mushrooms are declared illegal. And that's official. Ignoring pleas from mushroom retailers and consumers. That's us. Please don't take our mushrooms! The government yesterday announced that Clause 21 of the Drugs Act 2005, very official sounding, mm. classified psilocybin mushrooms as a Class A drug alongside heroin and crack cocaine. So that, that is ridiculous because Class A means there's no medical benefit whatsoever for it to be a Class A, right? Is that is that my understanding of Class A? There's no medical benefit. Well, I think it's also to do with the danger it poses as well. And what? And there's no. And, and, there's, and bear in mind, it's they're not addictive. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They, no, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't have got them onto class A for well, being addictive. Well, so. It says here, right? From that date, importation, possession, or sale of magic mushrooms could be punishable punishable by a life sentence. Jesus, crikey! I need to get that box Effectively of that outlawing sales <laughs> via market stalls which we were talking about, head shops, head in the clouds, the clouds. Yep. and the internet, <laughs> what you're listening to this on. So how <clears throat> crazy is that, that they went, they, they did a, the leap from being Nothing. completely yeah. legal to being class A. Like you said, it's not like weed where they just sort of went down one and it, oh, it went from a C to a D or whatever it went from. <laughs> we're pretty vague on that. Yeah. But um, it just jumped up to class A. Mm. Very strange. Like you said before, a matter of years after like 9-11, you know, a matter of years after things like I I see the world kind of <clears throat> post 9-11 and pre-9-11 mm. in terms of what has come after that. It does seem like the world to me has, has kind of turned into this almost global totalitarian emerging state since 9-11. Everything's mm. seemed like it's been ramped up to 10 and they've got to get rid of these things that are still illegal that might make you think. Yeah. You know. I, 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 I genuinely believe, like, that is the reason. Like, because if, for anyone who's actually taken them, you know what a sort of good... Like, obviously, some people can have a negative side effect, but the majority is, for people, is, is quite positive. Um, and Very it does positive. make you, your perception and thinking about your connection to other people on the planet and makes you think differently and gets you out of your your robotic nine to five working, go to work, get home, get up, go to work, 
sort of zone it makes you question things it makes you think more freely um it makes you connect with people but better like it's kind of like you know how they say like alcohol that lowers your inhibitions yeah well like mushrooms do that a bit like a completely different way yeah because they not only like lower them they completely almost strip you of them all i think Mm. it's like what what you experience a lot of time with psychedelics is what they call ego death Mm. yeah yeah. It's this feeling of like being sort of laid bare, like you can't hide from 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 this drug or yeah. this medicine. Rather, it's 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 going to show you things. Some of them might be dark things about yourself, or some of them might be amazing euphoric experiences. But whatever the medicine's going to show you and teach you, it's going to be expanding your mind and your consciousness and your like perceptions of like everything a lot a lot yeah it's, it's, it's a huge changer in the balance of the way you sort of move forward so i think once you go down the rabbit hole because they're not for everyone um that's for sure but i think a lot of it might be to do with sort of maybe a bit brave bravery might be involved in it because you know i wouldn't say anyone would ever just casually step out and do psychedelics any day of the week you know i mean they're the sort of thing that they they've done every so often Mm -hmm. you know they're on a point of occasion generally you you still create a ceremony around it yeah it doesn't matter if you're like not doing it with a shaman and stuff like that if you're doing it and you've got the right Terence McKenna says like set and setting like the right mindset and the right setting which I would say is in a safe warm nice environment with your friends yeah. and people that you feel really comfortable yeah. with and it, it's preferable to do it sometimes if you're doing it in a group one of you is sober yeah, yeah. The, the, it's the a bit watcher. it's watcher. a bit like diving <laughs> like if you're going <laughs> like the watch the watch the watch <laughs> ding 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 the watch Oh, yes. Things just ain't the same for gangsters. People tripping the balls up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, Things it's, just ain't the same for trippers. Yeah. All good. Go get my slippers. <laughs> <laughs> that was just off the dome. But, oh, yeah, looking you, at the fish tank, seeing flippers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all about having the comfortable setting, isn't it? You yeah, set setting's you, king. The, the setting is the king because I know with a lot of these times, because we... Bad, bad trips are often mentioned a lot in culture. And I think the one thing you have to understand, and obviously these aren't for everyone, but I think a lot of the bad trip is the, the fighting of the letting go of the ego, which is what people... Surrendering. Surrendering. Is Surrendering. Yes. Surrendering is key. Like you, if, Because it's trying to enforce ego death on you, if you fight it, it's just going to get stronger yeah. until it destroys the ego. And fighting it is, is the ego. By surrendering to the drug, you're respecting it and you're deciding to go with it, going with the current of the trip. And then actually you get on a smooth ride. If you're fighting against the current and you're and you're saying, I've had enough, I want it to stop. It's like, you've signed the contract now, you've taken yeah. the drug. Yeah, you're there's on no this. way out of it. <laughs> yeah, there's no way out of it. You have to face your fear of this. Yeah to overcome it and come out the other side in a good place. And I think most people that do this, if they go into it with the right intent, they can get over that first road hump and just think, oh, this does feel a little overwhelming, but I'm just going to go with it. Mm -hmm. 
And once you make that decision, everything do usually have a really smooth ride. Tied down it, yeah. Yeah, if but set and setting is key. Yeah, if you're surrounded by very good close mates and you're all doing it together, then generally I think you're gonna probably be okay. But just because you're all there for each other, you're supporting each other, um, and you keep each other on the right mo- in the right mood. Right, you got a story about mushrooms, D. The decoder. I wouldn't really call it a story because no, it's not a story. Um, I can't remember any of the facts. Okay. <laughs> this is why we get him on people. For patch for patchy stories. But but like we're saying about patch people Adams. have you know, have been using mushrooms and hallucinogenics for thousands of years. Well, I, I mean I heard and Please research this yourself, people. <laughs> not a lot of facts coming out here. But from what I remember, the, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, which were some scrolls they pulled out of the Dead Sea, as, as the name explains. Um, and they got this, um, this highly academic, I think he was like a... Um, like a historian or, or someone who who can decode, tra- yeah. yeah, who could decode and yeah, translate yeah, what yeah. the scrolls were saying, and supposedly in them it basically said that Christianity was a sex cult and Jesus was actually a magic mushroom or something like that. Okay. So that's what. So rather than the Bible being like Jesus was a real geezer, it's more of a metaphor, and you know. Well, there are a lot of like I watched. So I've been watching something called Psychedelia at the moment. It's like a guy series. And one of the episodes was showing lots of religious paintings, stained glass windows and all, all, all kinds of things. And, and, there were, and there was a lot of mushroom shaped things, like things that look like magic yeah. mushrooms. And, and, and what is in like red with white dots as well? Yeah. Like a, like a Mario Brothers mushroom. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that they even appear in Mario Brothers and you eat the mushroom and you grow. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of intriguing. I mean, after watching the movie Zeitgeist, like I definitely feel like all the major religions are based on the more ancient religions that in yes. turn were based on worship of the sun, yeah. worship Ra, of the moon, Ra and Set. And and it's astrology. A, yeah, astrology. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I personally believe believe in and that astrology. theory. Yeah, and that to me has been the most powerful case put forward to say, look, that's what these religions are actually based on. Yeah, like, and I'm, you can't. After watching that movie, you feel like it's an open and shut case. I mean, that really did like. I know the movie's sort of cut in half and the other half is about 9-11, but by, by the end of the movie, I felt like my mind was made up on both. I was just like, wow, that is just like, case closed on them two then. Yeah. Next. What about Rudolph? <laughs> what about Rudolph? Well, the red nose reindeer. You know why he got red nose? Basically, yeah. eating magic mushrooms turns his nose red and trips out. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> no, and do you want to know where I heard that from? At uni, I went to a... Um, what's that guy, Mr. Nice? Mark, Howard Marks? Howard Marks. I went to a Howard Marks show. Howard. You know, like, to like talk. And he, he told me that. Not personally, he told the whole room that. But he that's one of the things that he and said. Did he sort of break it down? He said it a lot more eloquent than <laughs> I did, Yeah. <laughs> 
you're just sort of throwing the stuff out there and you're like, do your own research if you're interested. These mushrooms, the ones that I was talking about that the reindeers have, they grow underneath trees and that's why they got the idea of Christmas presents because they used to grow under at the base of fern trees. So that's where the idea of a tree with presents underneath came from. Ah, see, psychedelia is linked into everything. In Christmas, yeah. And supposedly... Santa is off Santa his tits as well. used to, you know, they used to lock all the doors and then Santa used to come in through the chimney, their mate, with all the mushrooms so they could trip out. Fuck you now. This is hard hit stuff. <laughs> We're breaking some back. We're decoding a lot of stuff here, boys. This. We are breaking down barriers. The conspiracy of Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is a conspiracy and all. It's all a conspiracy. Okay, let's let's just get back onto track a bit. So Okay. <laughs> what we talked about here. We talked about the crazy reclassification of mushrooms. Now why do we think that is? Honestly, like, because that's that's the conspiracy when you're talking about psychedelics. I mean, I, I, there's the MK Ultra um, sort of mind control aspect of psychedelics, which we'll get onto later. But the other main conspiracy behind psychedelics is why the hell are they illegal? Because they are effectively medicines that people have been taking for thousands of years. They have loads of amazing positive properties to them and infinite uses they're great for curing people of addictions they can be used therapeutically and i've heard people say 30 40 years of psychotherapy is not equal to like one ayahuasca trip or like you know a a profound experience that you might have on like mushrooms or acid so So why are they illegal i mean i as i said before i honestly think it's because they don't want people en masse becoming free thinkers, thinking outside the box, stopping them from becoming a a robot in, in society. Yeah, because they're probably the biggest explosion of psychedelics in Western culture was the counterculture of the 60s. Yeah. Like the peace and love movement is when it absolutely exploded. And it... And, in America, it was it sort of weirdly was at the same time as like, well, not weirdly, kind of made a lot of sense. It was at the same time as the Vietnam War. And for a lot of people, that was the kind of like end of the American dream because they were watching in horror of like, what the hell are we doing to these men, women and children in this country that, it, you know, it's like, why, why, why are we even over there? Why are our troops yeah. over there? They're committing all these atrocities. It was kind of like the... American dreams like dissolving in front of people's eyes. Like we're supposed to be the good guys. Like, yeah. We turn into the monsters kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time that this was happening, psychedelic drugs were exploding. And then you had this big anti Vietnam war movement and the kind of birth of the hippie yeah, and Woodstock and all the rest of it. But what you notice is like any movement that is about like peace and love. So whether it's like the hippie movement or say like the, the movement in the nineties, like the rave movement where it was like, you know, acid house and people kind of like preaching a similar message of peace and love, like that just gets squashed. That just gets destroyed, demonized. Like anytime these drugs have kind of surfaced into popular culture in a big way, 
there's been massive disruption. Yeah, and they want everyone to carry on being normal, not questioning anything. Good worker, go to work. Yeah, mm. earn us tax. Yeah, and, and shut up. Really, when you think about it, the most popular drugs in our society. I think it's like Bill Bill Higgs said this. You can tell a society from the drugs. Like we have like caffeine, which is basically just to like wake us up in the morning, go to the job we hate, <laughs> keep going throughout the day, and then come like the evening or the weekend, you've got alcohol just yeah. to like drown your troubles away and just like forget all the pain and suffering. Sure, yeah, bloody hell, yeah. Never you know, thought of it like that. It's like these other drugs that are actually really transformative and beneficial and can make you have these like profound spiritual experiences as well as being like really healing, not just mentally, but like physically that they they can help you in so many ways and they're banned like, and, and and they are like nature's medicine you know? well, that's that's yeah. the biggest conspiracy because if they're non-addictive and oh and they're non-addictive there's been like yeah. no yeah. recorded deaths unless they're through misdemeanor whether it be like you know you took too many mushrooms and you accidentally fell down some stairs or something it's not from like the problems they can cause which is like high blood pressure and stuff but yeah well, why had you done. like got the balance of so Okay, well, they, we know that. So they can't be illegal for that reasons. And then you find out, well, they also help people like things with like PTSD. And apparently they can like, now they can actually use them to treat people with alcoholism, which is a new one I didn't realise. So, all kinds so, of addictions. So they got all this stuff yeah. that they know that they do, but yet they are illegal. And uh, they are anti-addictive as well, because once you've you've had a massive hit of it your yeah, tolerance yeah. becomes so high that if you wanted to try and do it again straight away you your body place. wouldn't be able to and, do it and you don't want to you don't binge on psychedelics it's not like you would go weekend back to back of just dropping acid and eating mushrooms like no, it's almost know. the last thing you want to do it's, yeah. it's my favorite out of all like hallucinogenics yeah. are definitely by far my favorite yeah. and i probably do it once a year if that like and if that for me years and years have yeah. gone by when i haven't done it and then maybe i've done it in a in a few Twice sessions a yeah. or yeah. um once and then that's fine and you almost need like that reflection period yeah to yeah really digest what happened and stuff like that the last thing you want to do is like right back at it again you know <laughs> yeah, like, yeah you're like whoa yeah I still even when you first try it, even when you yeah. first try it, you do maybe have a bit of a honeymoon period where you are doing it more than say you probably years would later, down later, the line later life, but yeah. still you're not abusing it you're not like you just don't have the want for it you just don't you, you and you don't have the strength for it you yeah, absolutely it takes a mentally lot of, it takes after a lot of it, it takes of a you, lot out you, of you because you see your your brain has been opened new annals and i think it takes a lot a lot into digest that i think that's part of actually what you say about the, the conspiracy i think is all to down down to like, a lot of things that we know is control like with weed the market was the control because of the hemp but yep. with psychedelics it was different because like when when lsd was first developed albert hoffman the whole idea with them was when the cia had found out about this drug that had been developed by albert hoffman lysergic acid diethylamide they basically I mean, we'll talk Hoffman later, but really what the CIA wanted to do was they wanted to corner the market in the 1950s. They were worried the Soviets and the KGB 
would would get KGB. hold KGB, <laughs> then pesky Russians. You know, they would get hold of this new the mind altering, and hopefully they believe mind controlling drug. You know, and they would be able to put it to use, whether it be in a weaponized form or whatsoever. Mind control. But the irony about that, yeah, and this is what Hoffman hoped would happen and the CIA probably didn't anticipate was it did the absolute opposite because right. they they brought it over to the United States and they kind of almost set it loose amongst the hippie community thinking it was a mind control drug and what happened is a complete it triggered a fuck, mass awakening fucking opposite and it had the counter <laughs> effect because they were trying to fuck, invade Vietnam and you know trying to sort of sort out the North and South problem there with, with all that rubbish. And they thought, oh, well, if LSD's about, everyone's going to... The fear and stuff will ca- captivate them. But what they didn't realise, it would be the awakening effect that it would give people. And that's why there was this big counter sort of movement in the in the 60s from the LSD, because it was the CIA that brought it over. And they kind of didn't anticipate that to happen. It was kind of strange, because when Hoffman first discovered it, he didn't know. He didn't even yeah. know what he was doing. Oh, I love didn't, this story. He didn't even. He went on a bike ride. He didn't even know. If you don't, <laughs> you have to understand. Yeah, like this. Wow. The, the weirdest thing about about Hoffman, yeah, is no one. He was the first of his name. Yeah, in this. This is early. This isn't think about it, this. Is early, like you know, the nine, late nineteen thirties, pre pre Second World War. Okay, and you know, this is uh, sort of um, fungi that grows on barley all sorts of grain and rye and it's been persistent throughout human culture it can give you poisoning it can lead to gangrene uh, it causes alkaloids if you eat it your stomach can't digest it properly so it's not you can't eat this urat fungi that grows on grain and get high. I mean, you can, but you're probably going to get seriously ill from it like that. Okay. But so what, it's kind of like with like ayahuasca where they have to put it with another plant to well, counteract. That's right. Like, so you can actually digest it. So, you know? But he was, a, he was a chemist. He was a very smart guy, Mr. Hoffman. He'd worked, he'd worked with plants and animals in his biochemistry. So he knew a hell of a lot about chemical bonds and compounds. And he knew there was basically something in this urat fungi that was different to what other things had in it. He just knew from the way it interacted with animals and stuff. So he found out a way to isolate it and synthesize it and extract the last surgery acid from the fungi. The animals were just <laughs> going nuts. It's crazy. It's crazy. He's <laughs> doing something. It's crazy because he didn't even, he was not only the first person to extract it, but he was the first person to use it. So imagine that. This is 1943 now, you know, Albert Hoffman has over five years has been successfully studying this urat fungi. He is now f- fully extracted and synthesized his first batch of LSD. No one's ever taken this before in the history of man. So he's going to basically not only be the first person that synthesizes Legend. it, he's going to be the first guy that took it. Mm. So he's going to have to just see what fucking happens. Pure scientific role, because he knows this thing's probably going to wear off in a couple of hours. He goes into it with a bit of a no fear, no holds barred sort of thing like a scientist would do. Like, See, it know. makes me feel better because this this guy's like a scientific genius and he's made the same mistake I've made so many times. <laughs> and thought, I'll be fine, gone out on a bike, you yeah. know, like done something really silly. And it's like, 
Okay, yeah. it did happens he, to us all. But the first time he he, he tripped out, did it? Was it intentional? It, or was no, it, no, was he, it an accident. No, he done it on purpose because he obviously well, he, he misjudged he, it. He wanted he misjudged it, but he didn't realise what it was going to do. So as he was cycling home, apparently he didn't think he was going to trip. Though, no, did he? he didn't realise what tripping was. He wasn't even aware what the properties so what, what were going to do. Think he was he was going to do. He had no idea. Like, why, why ride the bike? Well, no, but he, I think he was just going home. Well, you, know you know what I mean? well, I'll tell you what, you're glad he didn't, I didn't think you he bloody pushed the bike, were you? <laughs> like, just in case. Well, you're glad he didn't discover it now. In, in 2020, it wasn't discovered, and then the guy drove home on the M20 for having first discovered it. He yeah. doesn't know what the hell he's going to do, no, and he's probably thinking, yeah. if it's if I start feeling a bit off, I'll just get off the of bike. bike. Yeah. Which he did, I think, I had to do at yeah. one point. So apparently, the colours were changing, though, the air around in the, the house, sometimes the air, you know how the air goes over you sometimes. Is that where, it where the term trip comes from? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, so basically, he got, bike. he got home, um, I think a neighbour came over that interacted with him that he said, Looked like a witch, and this is from the 1930s. So people yeah. thought he was off his like, nut. But the whole point was that when Albert Hoffman woke up the next day, even though it sounds like everyone's like listening, I think it sounds like a nightmare. But no, he he looked at it from a sort of perspective that oh, that was just an experience because it's not permanent. But but he was so enlightened when he had awoken the next day. He thought it was amazing. He actually wasn't scared because of what had happened to him. Or well, he was like, "Oh my word! I need to find out. I need more to find out this. more about yeah. this." And from then on, that kind of like led us on this kind of route because he went into sort of he went into these studies for real. Now, the guy that invented the names or gave the names psilocybin and psilocin to the compounds that you find in mushrooms. Yeah. You know, he Albert Hoffman was the guy that gave him those names. He. He was the first guy that uh, has it compounded or synthesized. There's going to be a few different words you can use for it, but you know he was a smart guy. And it's strange how you know I'll tell you a crazy facts about him. Do you know what the mad thing about Albert Hoffman was? He was born in nineteen nineteen. Just told us. Well, no, no, check this out. He was born in nineteen oh six. You know when he died? Two thousand two thousand eight. Bloody hell! He lived to one hundred and two. Bloody hell! And this guy had that done extensive. That means it must be good for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow! I'm like he got to experience like the effects that LSD had on the world yeah. thereafter. So what was the like? So how how do we get from like that to say like the CIA using it? Well, the the thing is that like you said that they sort of they the mid the weirdest thing was they their maddest interest for. For it was because of mind control, right? Which they obviously they got totally wrong. They wanted to make Manchurian candidates. Exactly. They, they thought we could, could take hold to control of the masses. And yeah. so, am I right in thinking that like MK Ultra, which is obviously the infamous mind control program, it stands for mind control. Yeah, but obviously mind control is would be MC. But the reason it's K is it's control. Like control the, German. The, the German. German spelling. Well, because yeah. the the Nazi scientists. As well as the Nazi well, engineers the, well, from and Operation Paperclip, yeah, yes. were all moved over, over from, to the US. From, so a lot of them joined NASA, NASA, Nazi. You know, yeah. like they joined. They basically put the first man on the moon. Yeah, yeah. If you believe that, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole different can of worms. <laughs> yeah, it, the, what moon? Yeah, it, it was. It was actually quite mad because, like, the whole MK Ultra thing started because of 
LSD. And it was a guy whose name's been very secret for a while, but his name was Sidney Godleap, and he was basically head of the MK Ultra program. And the idea was that they they thought they could use LSD for, for mind control and stuff like that. But they realised that it, it obviously wasn't capable of these sort of properties. But one thing... It's kind of anti that. That's the yeah. funny thing about it. It's like the thing that breaks you out one, of one, mind control. One thing they, they tried off in the early 50s, and this is, this is part of MK Ultra's... But, bro- but I guess it could be used in a form of brainwashing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There, there was, well, there's this programme, basically, it started before. Yeah, this is a good one, yeah. It's called... Operation Midnight Climax. Oh, oh I've Midnight heard about Close. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great name for a band. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is this the proper one? Yeah, yeah, Midnight oh, Climax yeah. or got, uh, Operation Spirides on the coup with this one. Oh, I know this Yeah, one. this is a great one. Oh, so basically, this, this is early <laughs> early 1950s, and there's this guy called... Oh, Climax at Midnight <laughs> many times <laughs> over uh, Operation Midnight Climax. <laughs> and it's, it is an operation, I tell you, not to get caught. <laughs> but it was it was pretty mad so this is guy uh, George Hunter White undercover CIA agent um, he was he went about covertly microdosing members of the population and this is he was one of uh, probably I can imagine it's Sydney God, it was just chosen at random uh, a lot of them were designated targets but but what he did is what Defran mentioned was this one scheme which is one one that he he done obviously a lot of different tests, but one of his actual programs was Midnight Climax, and he had a whorehouse. This guy, Mister George Hunter White. Okay, I'm and getting he, the name. And he, he brought guys. He, he basically he was CIA, so they hired prostitutes, you know, to bring men back. And these men unsuspectingly thought they were going to have sex with these prostitutes, and they were dose of LSD. And he'd be and then there's a load of dark suits. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he, black come out. <laughs> well, it wouldn't even be that. He would be observing from another room. What, like one way mirror through yeah, the glass? Yeah, through glass. Oh, or, and he'd be just take, sending all his reports back and like, and he'd be giving them... What, sh- so would he watch them have sex? He's licking the mirror, that? sir. He's licking the mirror. Yeah, please wait. I don't think they got to any oh, point yeah, of sex. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, he's been staring at the condom for half an hour or so. <laughs> In he fact, doesn't seem to know what the hell to do with it. In fact, she's walking out naked and I don't think he's even looked at her twice. He's blowing it up into a balloon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, he's opening another condom. He's making finger puppets. (laughs) But that's how deep the CIA went into uh, their operations. And it's kind of strange how... Feel sorry for them guys. Yeah, I feel really sorry for them guys. Like, imagine one of them's just an innocent guy that's just like he's never done this before, and he's just like, I just want to be with a woman, you know. Yeah, and, like, and he's suddenly, not anyone either. yeah, you, you can't tell anyone about his experience. Tell your wife, be like, honey, like, and he's in there. Drugged. Where were you? Oh, nowhere. <laughs> there's like a moment up. where the light goes off and he just sees behind the mirror you know there's like a load of dark suits he's like <laughs> imagine that trip <laughs> yeah that is like terrifying yeah I mean I know, like have you go, he, going a I, little oh gone. I was just going to say the only one thing funny about it is when you know when he actually first well there's a lot funny about well, it well the first thing you know he developed when he actually did develop it he did believed he's, he, he initially believed back in like the early 1940s and he believed it would actually be used for psychiatry and to treat mood swings bang that, on that was his first initial when he first discovered it and his findings within days of using it 
That's the first thing he thought. See, it's such a thing. Hoffman. Hoffman. See, like, Hoffman was so sort of bang on there. Like, whereas when it's in the hands of someone like the CIA, they're like, we can use it to control people. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Mind control. And it's like, I wonder how effective it it is in mind control. I mean, I guess if they sort of like use it in conjunction with like repetition and, and inserting people, you know, ideas into people's heads, you know, like say in a movie, I know it's a like silly movie, but like a movie like Zoolander when he yeah. plants this well, idea they, they, of like- It's like a Manchurian candidate, right? Yeah. And didn't they try and actually do that? Like where they would like try and ring, like ring someone up and say a code word and it would like activate them to, commit a task exactly yeah and, and that's exactly what happens in Zoolander he says when you hear this song oh, relax Frankie, yeah. goes, Frankie goes to Hollywood yeah, you yeah. will murder relax, don't do it. the president of somewhere really random like, <laughs> yeah it, it, there's not a president of Korea or yeah, Korea yeah, or something so. crazy like it's like yeah kind of bizarre but when you know the stories of MK Ultra and stuff you go oh my god this is you know <laughs> this is actually Based Something on that they were that actually trying to do. Yeah. Or did they do it? We don't know. Well, yeah. We know that they, like, MK Ultra was mm. an actual thing that they did do. They got something were they from su- it. They were they successful something. with it? I mean, like, they may not, don't know. They may not have controlled the masses, but what did they learn? Didn't mm-hmm. they destroy a lot of documents to do with that as well? A hell of a lot. So, they, and I think you actually recently I saw on YouTube there's people who were involved in the actual test studies who have now been rewarded money by the US government I, I also heard was, wasn't um, who's that oh gosh the, uh, Marilyn Man, uh, not Marilyn Manson Charles Manson yeah um, wasn't there some sort of thing to say that he was part of MK Ultra? Well, this is the thing, like, because it was about his scene. And if you think about it, the weirdest thing about his movement was he did use a lot of his own mind control techniques, you could argue, to get his followers, worshippers, supporters, whatever you want to call the nutcases. His cult. His cult. There we go. Perfectly said. You know, he used those same techniques to get his followers to kind of do his bidding. So... Hmm, okay, well, you got to wonder, was it because they were taking LSD? Maybe. Or was it because of something else? Had Manson learned something about what LSD does really do? I think it's a combination of, like, the power of suggestion. Like, say, like, if you watch someone like Darren Brown, like, he can, with using the power of suggestion, he can, like, implant thoughts into people's heads and using, like, hypnosis as well, like... I mean, if you watch some of his shows, he's got ordinary people to rob a bank or ordinary people to yeah. push someone off a building. Or, or li- yeah, literally hand over their wallet, like as if like it's the completely yeah, and that, thing. And that can be the, the hand over your wallet thing can be like within seconds. Like he can just meet someone yeah. and then with different gestures of his hands and eye contact and various sort of cues that he does with his hands and his language, he can put them under a complete trance instantly so i think it's a combination of of that kind of stuff but with the power of psychedelics added into it which really ingrains it into the subconscious and just makes it more powerful and potent i'm guessing well i think they definitely must have found out something because even past all that mk ultra and stuff early like much years and years ago 
they must have learned something from it because the weirdest part about those drugs, what we're talking about, the psychedelics, like whether it be LSD or mushrooms, they do open those sort of annals in your brain that aren't normally opened, are they? So you have to kind of question, these are quite profound things we're talking about that, that have a, a, quite a good effect on you, but yet they're kept illegal and they're kept away from you. And I think it's because they actually did find out what they do. I think psychedelics, because they've been around a long, long time, I think there's an current reason why they are here and abundantly come out in nature. Don't tell me that there's not a reason for that and then they decided they want to keep them illegal. Yeah, do you think that there's also an element to it? Like we're, we're sort of saying, oh, they want to ban them because they think people are going to open their minds and a, a new peace and love movement's going to start. But do you think it's also a fear of they're like, people might use this to like brainwash some like huge cult or something dreadful like they could use it for for bad well i mean they're bad (laughs) (laughs) but i I know what you're saying but at the end of the day if everyone was educated they would be able to prevent that from happening which they're which they're not because they don't want to educate you if if anything what are you told about them they're bad they're dangerous you lose your mind it's funny when you were saying about albert hoffman like straight away he said you know, like the next day he was like saying about how positive it was. It was because like, he's not heard any stigma at all about it. Like exactly. we always hear like, oh, I don't know if you want to do LSD. It yeah. might be a bit of a bad, you might have a bad trip. It's about yeah. set and setting. You've got to make sure you're around, mm-hmm. right around the round yeah. people. I remember someone- All tr- of these sort of rules and do's and don'ts that- True. Before, yeah, I remember but, but someone- him, um, he, he didn't have anything. So straight away he was like, that was the bollocks. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's do it again tomorrow. <laughs> well, someone tripped trip me out once by saying, whatever you do, don't get cold. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh no, that's the last <laughs> thing you want to do. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then like during my trip, during, during my trip, hours later, someone's like, oh, a bit chilly in it. And I was thinking, oh, I'm not getting cold, am I? You know? <laughs> Paranoia starts setting in. That was the one thing he said. Like, yeah, you know, oh, I remember, cold. don't get cold. Whatever you do, don't get Gosh. cold. Jesus. These are Mexican chili, chillers or something. You've know? <laughs> got some like, name like, whatever you do, don't do them in the cold. <laughs> do them near a radiator. Try them on the radiator and then do them near the radiator. <laughs> Wasn't that like the weird thing? So when they were legal back when we were at uni, I remember there was some sort of like weird law, like they're legal, but it's illegal to dry them. That that was well. This is the weird thing. Oh, well, don't that. dry prepared. on the radio. No, don't pre- leave them on the radio. Then they're illegal. Pre- prepared. That was the word, yeah. isn't it? You can't prepare well, them. Well, they were allowed prepared. to sell them. You're not allowed to eat them. Or, or, or it was something no, no. stupid like they that. They can sell them to you. You just can't chop them up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like something about like. Oh, you can't dry them because then they're more potent and, you know, you can't sort of treat them or, like you said, prepare them. Or it, was, it was kind of ridiculous. Like, But then to go from them kind of, you know, that it's like we were talking about before with weed. These the kind vague, of like vague really vague, like, oh, you can't do this. But, well, you know, but just... Is that an urban myth? Like, is it just a myth? Like, what, was there an actual law which said that you could do that I think not, it comes from just... somewhere yeah I think there was kind of silly rules like that but for it to go to from something as kind of vague and airy fairy as that to class A life imprisonment is just insane yeah it just doesn't make any bloody sense but yeah. I wonder like if it really would be because again you feel like if a policeman caught you in the UK so you're at like Glastonbury and you're doing like magic mushrooms life sentence I mean 
Oh, I don't like, think so. Is that, is that what they said? Well, in that's article? what it said in that oh, God, Guardian two two thousand and five. That's 25, 25 years. Crikey, 20 do you imagine coming back from the South of Wales picking? You get to your car, the guy goes, uh, "What's in your hamper? What's that, officer? <laughs> What's that in your hamper? Mushrooms? What kind of mushrooms? Uh, Poor Bello. Not, <laughs> not the life sentence kind." <laughs> 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 the funny thing that we also can learn about the wonderful world of psychedelics that it got an actual day as well people uh, to do tripping cycling tripping taking a trip on your bicycle is uh, that well hang on is that what tripping definitely means no well but that's um, where but I think from Albert Hoffman taking his bicycle trip is where yeah. the term okay. tripping, tripping well, I thought it was a trip because you like go on a journey well and what did he do that day well we did go on a yeah a journey Literal he went journey. on two journeys I mean journey he, on a journey. he did have a, a, effectively the first trip the first trip yeah, yeah, yeah the first LSD, trip so and, okay. and the okay. day the day is like madly actually the 19th of April which is a day before 420 which is the independently celebrated cannabis day from the 420 club <laughs> I'm sorry Oh, we're so professional here Jesus. at the schism. Oh, yes. COVID. <laughs> He's got it. We're not teammates. I'm going to get it soon. Oh, no. Mask up. Mask off. Let's get back to brass tacks. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. The fact that it was even the day before 19th of April, uh, 1943. Uh, so the day before. So, it so he even got his little day. Yeah, I mean, is that just random? That it's like one day before, like four, four nineteen and four twenty. Four twenty. I, I think it's just remarkable coincidence. But okay, someone when he would have happened in like the nineties. Yes, we don't believe in coincidences on this show. No, no it's all foretold. But yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. I, I thought it was what made me laugh about the whole thing with the CIA and like LSD is, you know, they thought it would do like mind control. Imagine when that Sydney Gottlieb was at the top of MK Ultra. Let's get all the LSD over from Europe and we're gonna control the whole of America. And then they, like the CIA just go over to Europe, but they buy every single drop of it. I mean, there was none left in Switzerland when those fuckers left. You can imagine there was just like suitcases, took it all. suitcases, suitcases onto the plane. <laughs> and then they accidentally trigger a mass awakening. Awakening of Americans. And you, and you gotta feel sorry. Which in turn, Leads to the all, Vietnam War, all, all the anti, all the anti-protest, anti-war, anti-war yeah. protests. Yeah, and you can just imagine, the, you can imagine the KGB just sitting back in their chairs, just going, <laughs> "We let you take it, we yeah. let you take it." Our go, our people are still mercifully, uh, uh, like you know, controlled under communism, and you've just created a mass awakening in America. I mean, shame on you. I mean, part you of know? me is kind of hoping. <laughs> And I don't want to go too deep into anything to do with COVID, but part of me thinks that that is what they might have unwittingly done this time around, because it does feel like by taking things to this extreme that they're currently taking it, they've accidentally, when I say they, I'm, you know, the, the powers that be, the powers <clears throat> that are driving this whole pandemic, it feels like they've accidentally triggered a mass awakening. I know so many people now that would not have been talking about the kind of things that they're talking about and they're yeah. going like, 
I think that there's yeah. like a global conspiracy well, and I, I think mean, there's something going on. We're being lied to. You can't trust the media. These were people that were like complete sheep well, years ago, never questioned anything. And now they're suddenly going, something's going on. Well, they've literally made everyone stay at home. And what have they got to do? They're going to be on their phone. They're going to be on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> they're not at work. They're not like pre, you know, like yeah. their minds are not sort of like pre, um, they're not occupied. sort of like preoccupied with with boring stuff, so they're just at home researching, right, yeah. Yeah. Recent, re- yeah. researching the virus. Exactly, the like like I know a lot of people that because suddenly their life kind of stopped, they sort of had time to take a step back and like reflect on things and actually like go down the rabbit hole of like information to do with all this kind of stuff that we're talking about, like. I know that's the effect they had on me. Like during all these lockdowns, I've just been completely engulfing myself in all these scandals from the past, is the it, conspiracies that have been going on. I've been reading books about it. Like, I've been watching like, all these YouTube clips. I've, I've been completely addicted to it. It's like tripping. You're allowing yourself to take in all this new information that you weren't willing once to understand or acknowledge before you took a psychedelic or hallucinogen, the dirty word for them. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like that mass awakening. It's almost just like the psychedelic, you know. Well, because you've been forced into a, in, into a corner. You've been yeah. forced to kind of stop and think. Now, there's that great bit in The Simpsons where there's some kind of power outage or something and, and Homer's like, quick, turn the turn the TV on. He's like, the TV's not working. He's like, well, t- turn the radio on. He's like, the radio's not working. He's like, well, turn something on. I'm starting to think. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of people have, or a lot of people, like you said, have been like on the, on the internet and they might have seen something that they've gone, oh, hang on a minute. Maybe what I'm being told on the news, like, isn't true because I'm seeing a lot of stuff that's completely counter to that yeah and then they kind of like dive deep into all this information and also as well like the government is pushing things so far at such an accelerated rate that I think even people that were like willfully ignorant are now starting to go whoa hang on I can't ignore this there's something going on well, it's like the fighting of the psychedelic wanting to let go like you when you have a bad trip isn't it you know thanks for keeping bringing it back to psychedelics by the way it's like having a bad trip though isn't it you're fighting it and you're fighting it and the more you fight it it will go along with it you know once you let go yeah. once you let go because they're sort of holding on to like a reality a perception of the world and a perception of this, this is, is how tr- things this, are this like, is the truth that I'm being fed yeah. and it's almost like just like having a bad trip now once you can have to let go of this well the narrative might not be true it's okay to change your mind and you know be a bit of a forward free thinker and there's nothing wrong with that I think just like having turning that into a good trip you allow yourself then to go on to access further levels of understanding and in, and take information on board that you probably would doubt before yeah because it is just like a trip as well it is scary at first at first you're mm. like oh my god I don't think I can take all this information on like I know plenty of people that have said yeah I know what you're saying but to be honest like I just you know I, I don't want to talk about it it's it's negative or like, mm. I don't really mm. want to even like think about it and you sort of think well okay but where's that getting you where's where's that getting us all 
as a whole. Yeah. Like yeah. we we need to sort of address these things, no matter how like unpleasant they are or whatever. We need to sort of come to terms with it. Like, yeah, like you've got to bear the ugliness of it. Like Bill Hoffman and his trip, you know, he found it terrifying. But as from a scientific point of view, when he broke on it, say he was willing to accept that, the, the, the terrifying elements and stuff. And that's probably like the truth awakening at the moment, like psychedelia, is the fact that you have to understand that everything you might see and you have to be open to, you may not like, it might scare you. And if you wait, wait up too long at night thinking about, I think you would probably might go a little mad. But at the same time, it's all about an understanding and a level of consciousness. You have to accept that and then kind of move on and access the, the levels that follow. I think one of the levels that follows, like a level for me, is getting to the point where you think, okay, I've come to terms with this information. I know that the only way to stop this kind of new world that they that the powers that be want to usher in the bad trip is to be aware of this and to try and make other people as aware of this as yeah. possible yeah absolutely and like, I felt the same thing like after doing psych psychedelics like mushrooms after doing like acid you do hear all these like horror stories and things like that and then you do them and you have this amazing profound crazy life transforming experience and then afterwards you feel like you've been let into like a secret or something you're like oh yeah. my god mm -hmm. like you almost just want to run around the town like screaming out or like, it's, telling people it's like, like it's been kept from you isn't it yeah yeah you're like whoa I was told this that and the other about this and I've just had an experience that's like earth shattering like my life's never going to be the same after this like you you your world's kind of blown apart. You're like, wow, so much of what I've been told is a lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also like, even even down to reality, you suddenly think, well, bloody hell, if I've what been reality. If, yeah, <laughs> if I've been lied to on that kind of fundamental level. Have you guys heard of the stoned ape theory? I have. Ooh, stoned ape. Ape theory, yeah. Well, it's actually a hypothesis, but um <laughs> like, throw it out there like have you heard of the theory and you're like yeah and you're like well it's actually a hypothesis so yeah. have you yeah obviously you haven't if you know about hypothesis yeah it's like but you just it was basically popularised by Terence McKenna um, okay. and it's to do with like how humans evolved where there was well, an intervention yeah there was like a, an intervention of like higher consciousness where previous where we were apes and we used to live in the forests. The forest started to get smaller because of the way the earth was changing. I'm and it gave birth up, yeah. to the wetlands and grasslands. Um, and what happened was that you would have like animals, let's just say cows, that would basically shit, shit on the, the wetlands. Oh, and okay. it would spore out mushrooms, hallucinogenic fungi, mushrooms, yeah. fungi. Uh, and then... Fungi. Or and fungi, uh, fungi, magic mushrooms. I'm a fungi. You're a fungi. And um, they, uh, yeah, so as the forests were getting smaller, you know, all these apes would be coming down from the trees because they've got less places to get their food. So they'll go over to the wetlands and see these mushrooms and start consuming them and start tripping out. And he, he's hy hypothesizing that it was at this sort of stage where apes started to get an idea of, say, God and 
but who they are as beings and get the highest consciousness mm. of themselves and they would all be eating these mushrooms and it sort of advanced their psychological brain. Or is it more like the sort of Adam and Eve moment? Like that's the point actually where they had this shift of consciousness through the psychedelics and then they started realising life is finite and we die there is good and bad is that when like the sort of creation story or like the adam and eve story where it's like there was an intervention something happened that massively either increased our consciousness or, or almost like gave us consciousness as we know it yeah, yeah. and it, and i guess what terence is putting forward is that he thinks that thing was psychedelics yeah which i think is a better case than than most Really, I mean, I know other people think that it is due to some kind of like DNA manipulation, that what, and that what? could have come from an alien yeah. race or an inter interdimensional race. You can sort of understand that concept, and it sort of makes a lot of sense for someone who's probably listening to this and has never done them before. It may seem really far fetched, but I think once you actually have opened Pandora's box and you know what it's actually like to have done them mm. you, th that concept is, so, set doesn't sound far-fetched at all so no. like no no do way. you think that in a in a cia bunker somewhere a secret government bunker somewhere they're kind of like Bigfoot. doing <laughs> doing <laughs> experiments <laughs> with chimps and shrooms and stuff like that. I mean, like, I, oh, that's I, I gone on. I think that's for definitely sure. gone on for sure. I don't know if they're still. And doing have they it evolved? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Did it work? Did they evolve? Did it work? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's got. You remember, it's over millions of years, yeah. I guess. Or they're like, it's an ongoing project. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you can imagine that's got a few different. Yeah. Sort of we got their heads to explode. Yeah, that was another experiment. No. <laughs> Test one million eight hundred thousand seventy thousand three hundred. Oh my god, I can't believe we're still doing this. We got another body. <laughs> it's still alive. Oh, it's very badly burned. <laughs> I'm very badly burned. Yeah, is it? Yeah, the biggest organism on this earth is a fungi, and it goes underneath the ground, underneath forests. And it's the biggest organism, and I, I, I'm not sure of its scale, but I mean, I, I think it's something like hundreds of football pitches you, big. Yeah, I mean, you think how natural it is in nature, like as well, like other drugs that all have to be combined, and other chemicals drawn out of them, and combined with other chemicals to make a final chemical, like with fungi, like their properties. Uh, 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 they're part properties of the plant they're natural properties they've been its properties since that plant has been on this earth for millennia it's almost like it's tied into the planet for a reason you might say yeah it's not like you don't kind of similar to weed you don't have to tamper with it to get the effect you don't need to combine it with anything at all well, yeah one one like uh, wet morning and then the next day you've got yeah. mushrooms in the bottom of your garden <laughs> yeah exactly but what's, what, what's quite an in, interesting theory with psychedelics in general is the fact that they could be sort of nature's way of protecting itself in a sense because it's it's putting out these psychedelics for man to induce so we can raise our consciousness and we can appreciate 
these uh, what, themes that we've talked about that we we are one with nature and we shouldn't be mm. you know destroying our planet and all yeah. this stuff so it's like by putting psychedelics into our world and us inducing them we can raise our consciousness to therefore not not harm the planet and by working that cohesion yeah yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's kind of seeded out across the world and even though it is illegal, so it's very clear that the powers that be are, are trying to suppress the use of psychedelics. But even though the governments all over the world have banned these substances and and tried to outlaw them, they are still spreading their seeds all over the globe. And yeah, they are still right. triggering a mass awakening of people every day. Well, yeah, like, it's f- f- like they, they are like living things. And like everything on this planet, it evolves to try to reproduce and grow, you know, bigger and spread and spread. So if it, I mean, that doesn't sound too far fetched because it, you know, if it can help influence the other animals around it to Mm. protect the earth that it's in, then the, the habitat, then who's to say, like we spoke earlier about this idea that Terence McKenna popularized the stone ape theory what if we had a intervention with psychedelics then but then say now we need another intervention to go that next stage you know it's helped us get to where we're on where we are currently but where we are currently isn't in a great place either because we are destroying the planet things are you know spinning out of control there's there's wars, there's famine, there's, you know, like death and destruction everywhere you look. Like it feels like we need another shift in consciousness to take us to that next stage. And maybe this is the point where psychedelics can step in again and guide mm. us. Well, because just like in your individual trip, they sort of guide you and take you like maybe they're sort of taking humanity on a similar journey. Like, I might do one trip and I might not do another trip until a few years later. Or maybe in terms of humanity, that can be spread out over a few thousand years yeah, or so. Yeah. And we're just due our next trip yeah. with shrooms or, you know, you know like, um, yeah, our, our, our next li- you know, life lesson for humanity, I like, feel like is, is due. Yeah, like I mean, a lot of like a lot of people were like, "Oh, look, you got to save the planet! You got to save the planet!" Like we should just make it clear that we don't need to worry about saving the planet. We need to worry about saving ourselves. Selves, like, yeah. like the planet's yeah. going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. we save so, ourselves yeah. first, and then I think we'll get the understanding of how <laughs> the to save the planet. Evolve like. and you know fix itself. It will yeah. wipe us out before yeah. we can do anything bad. And any permanent damage yeah but, it's like George, George Carlin says like right. save the fucking planet yeah like we can't even save ourselves and yeah. then he kind of says like if the planet wanted to it would like shake us off like a bad case of the fleas well, yeah, like, well, like I, I, another deep another de fact here which uh, means you de probably, facto yeah you, be, you, be, you better actually check it out to make sure it's right but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that we are closer related to Fungi, that fungi, fungi. He's had every, fungi. He's had every pronunciation possible in this <laughs> yeah, yeah, episode. Then, then we are to apes. We're closer linked to the fungi. So if if the you know it was actually 
trying to give us these enlightened experiences. Maybe it's trying to protect itself because we're actually closer related to it than we know, think. We know. Yeah. 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 Because, well, it sort of has this amazing thing like the hallucinogens of sort of changing your frequency. Yeah, maybe we're on a similar similar kind of frequency. Like it's so similar to us because we can connect with it in that way. It's like an internet. It's like an internet of like the forest. Yeah, right. Like like what we're saying about it being underneath uh, the biggest organism. It, It literally can know what's happening like a mile down the road, even... Though yeah, it's, right. It's, it's, it's almost like it contains point. all the wave field information and of the, the forest. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's your yeah, like you said. Like I, I kind of like that. Like referring to it as like a like an internet or something. It's, it's it kind of like contains all this information. Yeah, they have not only the ability to sort of change sort of perception. They can do all sorts of things. Like what you had like that good story about like how it changed the way you heard. Like I've had full on audio trips like once when we were at uni it was real end of the night like six in the morning <laughs> end of the night you know start start the start morning of the day. Um, and we just had a really heavy night we'd, we'd taken magic mushrooms um, stayed up and we was just like right it's time it's time to call it so I went upstairs we've been playing records on the decks and I went upstairs and when I was just about to enter my room, I heard the guy downstairs, Big Paul, get up from, I heard him get up, start turning on equipment or fiddling with sort of stuff. And I was like, what is he doing? And then I heard someone sort of pick the like stylus up and put the needle on the record and the record Yeah, you get that, that kind of start up. Yeah, crackle because it's, you know, picking up the dust on the vinyl and then the vinyl started and even when the vinyl started it was that slow sort of you know oh, like so it, a slow start yeah and, and and yeah as it kind of Got speeds speed, up the wheel which speeds is weird up. in itself because yeah, so it, it would like, have corrected itself within a second yeah and i thought fucking hell he's put like a house record on the wheel when that was like Honestly, because I'd literally be like, gone to bed. no, I and then as I've reached the top of the stairs, I'm like, you put a fucking record on, are you kidding? So I went down the stairs and I was just about to enter and say, Paul, it's like, you know, pack it in. As I enter the room, literally the music just goes, and just disappears. And then he's just in his sleeping bag, like, you're right, mate. And I'm like, yeah. I thought it was his lucky Um <laughs> Yeah, and I and I came in like, oh, don't worry about it kind of thing. But what was so bizarre about it is like, not only had I heard it, but I'd heard it in such sort of explicit detail. Like I'd heard like the the needle going on the record and then the wheel starting up and the record slowly cut. It was a, a sound I'd heard so many thousands of times before, I guess. I had it stored in my memory. Yeah. But it kind of replayed exactly like it had, say, earlier on in the night. And then as I entered the room, it just evaporated. And I was like, whoa. And, I, and I've also had experiences where I've relayed a song in my head. You know, like if you're day, like you're sober, you're not on a drug, you're daydreaming or whatever, and you maybe think of a song, oh, yeah, it's catchy, that song. It, people even say, oh, yeah, that, that song's it catchy. It's in my head. It but it's not really in your head, is it? It's like you, the, maybe the hook or the vocals 
or the lyrics are in your head or something. But I've had trips where I've heard a song in my head and it's like I've got iTunes on. Oh, really? Well, that clear? Not just clear, like I'm hearing every instrument, every nuance, like I'm just pressing play, like I've got Spotify in in my head. It would just be like one song, but I'm thinking to myself, whoa, like I must have this stored. Because I, I think that everything that you see, hear or whatever, it's in your memory. Because yeah. say what, when you look at like an old photo album or something, yeah. you haven't thought of that time maybe for 20, 30 years or whatever. And then you're like, oh my God, yeah, I remember this. It takes you oh, straight wow. back Boom, there. you're straight back there. Mm. You're looking at the pictures. All these memories that you had stored, they were always there, but you couldn't have been forced to remember it. are just boom, suddenly back with you. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah. Or like say when me and Adam went back to our own old pri- uh, primary school grounds, and I was suddenly there. I was going, oh, I remember this mm. in the playground. And oh, here's the... The home. You know, the, like, yeah, like... The, cat, the retirement home. There's the football And then the memories field. are just flooding back to you. And the steps look looked really a lot bigger, those steps that went up the football field. Yeah. I remember going back then, like, these steps look really shallow and tiny now. Yeah, because... Oh, well, yeah, because, well, yeah, because your yeah. memory, because your memory of it is obviously when bigger. you're a child and you yeah. were a lot smaller. It's like when they're like chocolate bars these days are a lot smaller than they used to be. You're just bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you get the same thing with, say, music. Like, I couldn't recite every lyric to 2001, Dr. Trey, off the top of my head now. But if you put the record on, oh yeah, as the record's out. going along, oh, the next lyric, now that tells that. me it's in your brain. Yeah. It's there. Definitely. You just have trouble accessing it. But they can access it by, say, hip- hypnosis. So I've been watching stuff recently on Gaia. I'm sponsored by Gaia. <laughs> it's it's Gaia. a great channel. Reasonable uh, you know, fee too, like, for what you get. Affordable. <laughs> no, know who you're approaching for advertising early. Fun for all the family, if all the family's into conspiracies. Yeah, lost civilizations and everything. You probably live alone, but that's cool too. Guy's got everything that you need. Hang on, let me just pour this drink. Oh, a little toilet break there. That's better. <clears throat> um, so yeah, like you can access these memories or the memories what's that from it's Daft Punk uh, oh oh yeah yeah but it's also computer like computer programs they store information in random right yeah so it's like you've got like it's stored in your memory somewhere but you don't necessarily have access to it all the time and what I was finding is I was tripping out. I was having these full audio trips where I was like, oh my God, the track's playing in my head. Or I heard something that wasn't there, but it was like in perfect quality with all the exact frequency information perfectly stored, just like I've got in my iTunes library or whatever else. And that sort of tells me like, actually you, your body or your brain or your, your whole you know, vehicle is like a biological computer and actually everything that you ever see, do, feel, whatever is recorded. Mm. It's there. And what what makes me think that even more is like, have you ever seen people that maybe have had some kind of like 
alien encounter. They can't really remember it, but then they have hypnosis. hypnosis yeah. And then suddenly they're like, I'm on the craft. There's yeah. four of them. They're around me. And they, well, and they, they can remember recent, it all. Re- recently, uh, well, not recently, but a, a big fa- a famous story happened, didn't it, about a guy who got kidnapped? Mm-hmm. Or do you have like, that deep regression hypnosis thing? I believe so, yeah. But, uh, made a film on it. That's what that's what like Mulder had in the X Files, isn't it? Yeah. To bring back yeah, all right. the memories I mean, of uh, X Files. They're like so good. Oh, they're priceless. They're really, really. This, good. this was probably the the pre psychedelic uh, journey I got. Yeah. Was the journey into the unknown? Yeah, kind of. Which yeah. which is kind of what psychedelia is: the journey into the unknown. You know. It was, well, it was during around the time like. So you had things like Roswell. Yeah. Obsession with kind of like UFOs. It was a real like culture, like UFO culture and stuff. like. And then you had things like X-Files and the Outer Limits. And yeah. it was kind of like yeah. another yeah, era of obsession with aliens. And, yeah. And this... Like, yeah, 80s you had, um, what was it, uh, Bob Lazar come out on the news. And then that's when, that's when Area 51 come available, wasn't it? Was it like late 80s? And then, like early nineties, you had the X Files. Yeah, for sure. Mm, yeah. Big shout to Bob Labar. Big shout to Bob Labar. Yeah, big shout to Bob Lazar. I've been watching. I believe you, Bob. I believe you. Me too. Yeah, me too. We're here for you. Come stay at mine. Well, yeah, I've been watching something called Truth Hunter on Gaia. Gaia with someone called Linda Mountain Howe. And she is someone that shot to fame because she covered the... Well, not shot to fame. But, <laughs> yeah, like, heard of her. Yeah. But um, she she was the one that started investigating all the cattle uh, mutilations that oh. were going on. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, she's almost like the real-life Scully or something because yeah. she she started there and then, then she was working with all these, like, ex military secret service kind of people that had had these ufo experiences but they sort of couldn't turn to anyone else because the government were just silencing them Mm. they they couldn't go they couldn't really tell anyone because no one would believe them but she she had worked with so many people that she was kind of like the go-to person and she was taking in soldiers putting them under hypnosis with someone extracting all this information, going to the spots where they had been um, abducted. And she's been doing this for like decades. And it was crazy, like watching these people's like hypnosis where they were recounting their experience and stuff. I mean, it was so real. Like whether it actually happened or not, it was real to these people. And And they are recounting memories that... They they had. Yeah. But again, going back to the thing I was saying before, like memories that they couldn't remember when they weren't under hypnosis, Mm -hmm. but memories that could be extracted from the self, from the subconscious because they're always there. You always have access to them. Mm. You just, you just need a psychedelic or you need to be under hypnosis or you need that photo album or the music to be playing to jog that memory and for you to then just be, to be to be able to access that yeah, well, information uh, what you're what you're saying is like right because i like literally about 
a couple of days ago, I, I was watching a uh, thing about two two twins in America, which were born with uh, I don't know if it was at like um, like some sort of like Aspergers or something, but they were savants and they could recall any day and what happened on that day in their life. So they'll be like, 12th of March, 1972, and they'll be like, that was a Tuesday, like like, like that. Like I can't remember week. what I did last week. No, 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 <laughs> but, and then they, they, they could be like, I wore this, it was a sunny day. Wow. They could literally see it in their mind that quickly, that clearly, literally asking it anything about any day. Yeah. Asking it. Asking them, both of them. And that's how you view them, is Circus well. freaks, that's how he sees them. Uh, yeah, but they, they were asking it and he was just telling them, you know. It's, it's in their memory and they can recall it within within a second and tell you exactly yeah. what it was. And, and that, and I'm, I am convinced that that's the part of the brain, my brain, <laughs> the brain. The brain. <laughs> that's the part of my brain that shrooms was um, connecting to. So I could hear a track in perfect quality like I was listening to it on headphones just because I'd heard that track so many times it had recorded it in my mind did you do good? <laughs> oh yeah. I love the way he so gently asked that did I do good? you done, done real do good, good. Yeah, real good so so good he's going to be back for the third installment of the Delic series oh <gasps> shit yeah. Big free, freeze. Yeah, so we've number. covered weed, we've covered psychedelics today, which. Just be of mushrooms and the LSD for you. Acid, shrooms. And uh, next week we're going to be going on to ayahuasca, DMT. Diamethotryptamine. Oh, and that will fun. complete the trilogy, the holy triangle. The trick of law. Yeah. And yeah, they... D will be returning. Okay, Whether you so can make it through the drug trials or not. Oh. And going to further. Do I have to do a drugs test before I do mm. the next podcast? <laughs> yeah. And if it doesn't test positive, you're, <laughs> you're out the door. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Schism. We've got plenty more episodes on the way. In the meantime, follow us on our Instagram at schism.tv and keep watching the skies.